Legacy means a lot of things to a lot of people. To some, it's lasting integrity. It's building and maintaining a history of greatness. It's making an impact on people and community. For others, it's dependable security and assurance in an uncertain time. To us, it's all of that and more. It's a mindset of brother and sisterhood of hardworking people dedicated to doing the right thing for you and those you care about. Of growing today for a better tomorrow. That's what legacy means at Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group. What does it mean to you? Let's talk legacy. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Legacy. I'm your host, Gary Michaels, and today we're very, very fired up about our guest, Jake Helfer. Jake is an entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, and a coach, as well as founder of the Professional Basketball Combine, which has helped NBA draft prospects turn their dreams of playing pro basketball into their reality. Welcome to the show. What's up, Gary? How are you, Jake? I'm good. I'm good. I'm pumped up. Right on, right on. I'm excited to talk with you, man. <laughs> I'm fired up, man. So today you think of yourself primarily as an author and motivator, but you actually started off in the sports world, correct? Yeah. So my, my journey is a little bit interesting, you know, and I love the fact that we're going to be talking about legacy today because my whole vision was built around how do I create a lifelong of legacy? And, and that vision was for me, go to college, get a good job, become a sports agent, be the youngest guy to represent a lottery pick, make my millions of dollars, buy a house, buy an island, get married, have kids, and then speak and write books and give back, okay? And what I realized early on as I was working for the Los Angeles Lakers out of college was that I didn't have to wait for permission or wait for a certain amount of quote-unquote success to be able to give back and to be able to help people along the journey. And so throughout my the last seven years, I've written four best-selling books before 30, I've worked with the Lakers. I've helped 70 NBA players sign their first basketball contract in over 30 countries around the world. And all of that has led me to recognizing that it's bigger than just myself. It's bigger than just one individual. And, you know, the, the journey has been a lot of fun, but uh, it started in sports and now here we are. So you worked with folks like Kobe Bryant and the Lakers. How did you get your first sports gig? So my, my first sports gig with the Lakers out of college kind of came pretty randomly. I wanted to be a sports agent. As I just mentioned, you know, for me, I, I wanted to do that. And I had worked at multiple agencies. I had an agency that wanted to hire me. And right before I graduate, they say, hey, we can't bring you on, unfortunately. We're, we can't hire anyone new. And I, and I was crushed. And, and it was at that moment where I was like, this game of life isn't always going to go my way. And it was great that I learned that lesson then rather than later in my life. And because of that, I was able to figure out, okay, what the heck do I do now? And so I started reaching out to people. I made a list of every single NBA team and every single NFL team that I was interested in working for based on location, based on the teams I enjoyed, based on the departments I was interested in. And I just started reaching out to people, trying to find different commonalities. And I went to USC, so I was local in the LA market. And so obviously as an LA guy myself and a big and a lifelong Laker fan, that was the first team I reached out to. And one of the people there had gone to USC and I just asked her a couple questions, was learning about what she did to see if it was even something I was interested in. And at the end of the call, she goes, hey, by the way, would you want to work for us? We were going to be hiring our, our new corporate partnerships assistants for the upcoming season. You might be a good fit. And I said, yeah, of course. What do I do? A few months later, I, I signed the deal and, and started working for the team. 
That's crazy. So what was your role when you first started getting into professional sports? What did you do? My role was whatever the team needed, I had to do, right? And this was on the corporate partnership side of things. So in the office, I was responsible for helping, you know, make sure that all activations, brand agreements, sponsor agreements, all those things were, were dialed in, all the deliverables, everything was organized. But on game days, and this was by far my favorite part, was that I got a chance to pick all the contestants for the, the halftime contests, the meet and greets. I got to go pre and post game to the shoot arounds, to the VIP dinners with the brand partners and the Laker players. And so that was really, really fun being able to pick those uh, contestants and give people a memory that will last them forever. So what sort of skills and mindsets did you see on display from those players and coaches you work with? And where did you start to get out of working in the corporate partnerships? Where did you start to work with the players and, and start your whole thought process with that? So one of the reasons that I actually was really interested in the corporate partnership side of things was because there was a great blend between interaction with the players and the basketball operation side of the business, as well as the business ops side of, of the business and the organization. And so for me working with that, I got to experience that, you know, I played dodgeball with, you know, some of the guys in a charity event. And what I realized was that in order for me in my life to get to the next level, I had to adopt the same mentality that these guys had to adopt. And what was really fascinating was at that time, Kobe was in his 20th season of, of playing with the Lakers. And he had a bunch of young guys, that team. That team wasn't very good. But what was really interesting was seeing the difference in what one of the world's greatest players to ever play the game thought and what these rookies thought and how they were able to grow. And so for me, I really started to see that what makes people different was the way you show up, the way you prepare, the way you execute, right? The way you follow through, the way you show up for yourself, um, the way you take care of the fundamentals. That was one of the biggest takeaways I had from, from Kobe during that time. And then while I was doing that, I had already worked with a bunch of other guys through different AAU circuits and, and a bunch of different NBA guys. And so I kind of wanted to shift after that year into doing something more on the player side of things. And that's when we ended up creating a secondary NBA draft combine to focus on helping these rookies get their first opportunities. Explain to people that don't really know what a combine is, what a combine is, how it helps these players get ready for draft. Just explain the whole process. So, so an NBA combine in particular, or there's the NFL combine, it's basically an opportunity for draft hopefuls to come show up and perform in front of national media, in the team's executives, in a way to get noticed and hopefully elevate their draft stock. And so what we did was the NBA has their main NBA combine and they invite the top 60, 70 players to, to go to that event. And that's amazing. But what happened was in 2017, the NBA announced what was called the two-way contract. And that basically meant that every team had two additional roster spots to fill. So this was a huge, huge thing because players were able to make more money and more people were able to get a job. And so we said, well, where are those players going to come? And so we essentially created a combine to help players get in front of NBA scouts, NBA executives, national media to hopefully raise their status and get into the draft conversation or sign one of those lucrative two-way deals, which was much, much better than going overseas and being out of mind or playing in the G League. Yeah, and so was the NBA for you doing this or did they look at it as competition? 
Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> the answer is yeah, it's great. Now, the, the NBA was great with it. You know, we 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 built a really great relationship with them. Um, it wasn't an official partnership by any means, but they knew exactly what was going on. And my whole mission from the beginning is, you know, I love the NBA. I, I love basketball. It's my favorite sport by far. And so for me, it was really about, can I help the game be better? You know, and so we, we kind of helped the pre-draft process, but we really made sure that we followed the rules of the NBA because we wanted to see it as a collaborative opportunity to help the league become even better than it was, you know. And what's really awesome about it is Kendrick Nunn, who was playing on the Lakers against Jay Sean Tate, who's on the Houston Rockets. Those two guys came to our event. And part of the w- reason that they continued to, to make moves was because people had seen them at our event. Now, was our event the only reason certain guys got signed? Of course not. But our event gave people extra opportunities that they might not have otherwise had. And that's always been the bigger mission, to help people achieve their true dreams. Right. So there was a certain point when you were doing all this stuff with sports that you your mind shifted and started to focus away from sports to writing and speaking. And I can just tell speaking with your, you're just excited to talk about it and you love this kind of stuff. And I do too. But what was it that caused you to shift away from actually being in the game to writing and speaking? Or are you doing both currently? Or was there a total shift to moving from one to the other? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, and so it's it's interesting because I actually wrote my first book during the time I worked for the Lakers. So, and the reason that I did that was not because I thought that I should be writing a book at 22 years old, but the reason I did that was because I saw the power that one person, in, in this case, Kobe, could have on the rest of the world. And I saw that if, if you're willing to put yourself out there, if you're willing to stand up for something, and if you're willing to, to, to give people hope, you have the opportunity to impact a lot of people. And so that's why I ended up writing my first book. And so when Kobe retired, I retired. I launched my first book. And so simultaneously over the next three and a half, four years, I was growing the combine, writing books, growing the combine, writing books. I even like built an entire tour called Elevate America, where I traveled to, to all over the country, to nine different states, lived in 11 different cities, and really tried to build the combine and the book business and the speaking. And I would go to all these colleges to try to make something work um, and to grow these businesses. And then when the pandemic happened, the I, speaking got shut down, the, the combine got shut down, and I kind of had to figure out, okay, where am I going now? How am I going to evolve? How am I going to adapt? At that point, I, I wrote another book, so that was my third book, and, and I realized that everybody wanted to know, how do I write a book? How do I write a book? How do I do it quickly? How do I do it to create a legacy? How do I do it to start speaking more? And I said, this is the next phase. The mission is the same, help people achieve their true definition of success. But the vehicle of which we're going to do that isn't going to be through sports anymore. It's not going to be through me being on the road every week, every other week, going to all these events. It's going to be through me working with people to help them achieve the dream of writing a book so that they can create the life they've always wanted. Do you see yourself helping former athletes too that want to write a book and tell their story as well as somebody that maybe is not even in sports? Yeah. So so we worked with a lot of different types of people. Uh, we get athletes sometimes reaching out to me to do it. We get agents reaching out to me to do this. We work with a lot of, of business owners, entrepreneurs, basically people that have experienced something that they want to share. And if they want to use it to, to grow their business, that's our, our bread and butter. So, so we really help people share a message, deliver it in a powerful way through a book and experience their transformation to inspire others. But essentially we take you from A to Z. 
So we call it big idea all the way to bestseller. And the cool thing about the way we operate is we're focused on helping you maintain all the ownership, rights, and royalties. So we can actually publish your book. We're our own independent publishing company, but we don't take the royalties on the back end. We allow you to keep all ownership so that you can leverage it, distribute it, and use it however you want so that you can achieve the goals you have on the back end of it. And so there's a little distinction there, but it's um, that process of helping people bring their books to life. That's great. What are some examples of some books that you've brought to life so far? I mean, we've we've helped a variety of different people. We've had somebody who who came from Mexico City to the States and became a uh, accountability and life coach. And we told her story and helped her tell her story. We've helped a mindset coach go from working in the nonprofit sector to writing a book and landing a TED Talk. We've helped a guy who'd spent nine years in higher education. He wanted to write a book, wanted to start his coaching business. And he said, you know what? Let's do it. He wrote his book. And right after he started speaking for the Houston Astros organization, school started buying his book to, uh, to give to all graduating seniors and things like that. So it's been amazing. It's really cool to, to hear people's stories. That is pretty awesome. What does the word legacy mean to you in general? You know, I, I had a feeling you were going to ask me something about this, right? Like of we're course. all, I, I, I listen in. And, and so, you know, legacy for me is about doing something greater than just yourself. I don't necessarily think it's about being remembered forever. I think it's about doing something that makes the world a better place, doing something that's bigger than just one person. And so for me, you know, a legacy as someone who teaches people how to write books, books are about creating transformation creating an opportunity for people to continue to learn even after you're gone. And so legacy is about doing something bigger than yourself. So I know that the NBA, you just need that first opportunity. You have to get that first opportunity, someone to give you a chance, but it's your conviction and your persistence. How has conviction and persistence played into where you are today to get what you want to get done? I mean, it's been everything, you know, like I'll, I'll give some tangible examples along the way. I, I wrote my first book on career development at 22, 23 years old. I had no business writing a career development book at the time. I had the confidence to say, I may not be the best in the world, but I am one to two steps ahead of the people I want to help. And so right then and there, I had the confidence to put myself out there. That book became a bestseller, was used in college syllabi all across the country and launched the speaking career. When I started speaking, I reached out, I'll never forget this. I, I, I reached out to to a school. And again, going back to the list thing, this has been huge for me is I made a list of every single community college in California. And I started at, at the beginning, A through Z. And one of the schools reached back out to me. And this was when I was trying to just figure out like, what do I speak on? How do I do this? But I, I had the book. And I'll never forget, they go, you know, we ask our speakers, we, we bring people out for a two-day workshop but we ask our speaker to do 12 presentations over these two days, 12 hour long presentations. Is that something that, that you do? Can your voice handle that? And I just looked, I, I looked in it and I remember I'm like, absolutely. I love doing it. I can easily do that. Now, the truth was, I didn't even have the presentation built out at the time, let alone have four presentations that I needed to do three times each. And so, you know, since then, it's always been a big thing of like, you got to believe in what you're doing. And it's very easy to believe in what you're doing when you know what you're doing is going to help somebody else. And I think that that's something that, that sometimes we can forget is, you know, we're so focused on what is the game for us that we get in our own head and we let it slow us down. When in reality, it's like, you know what, if I don't do this, I'm stopping somebody else from getting what they desire 
or I'm stop, I'm keeping someone else in pain because I was too selfish to not share my message with the world. And so I think that when you when you turn that and goes back to to what legacy is, is when you when you turn that focus away from you into to helping somebody else or to giving somebody their opportunity, that's everything. Yeah, no, it is. And what words of advice or encouragement would you offer to listeners who might be a little worried they're not going to be able to create a legacy that they want? They got it in their head, but they're they're fearful and and that gosh, I don't I don't know if I could do this. What words of advice would you give for people like that? I mean, I think I think it's okay to to be fearful. I think we all have our fears. Even the most confident person speaking with the most conviction in the world has their own fears. Sure. Everybody has their own fears at a level. And so the first thing I'd say is it, it's okay. It's okay. Recognize that. Just don't let that fear be the dictator of your decisions. Allow that fear to inspire you to do what's uncomfortable, right? And, and, and to then know that once you do take that action, it might not go the way you expected. But if you keep going over a long enough period of time in the direction that you aim to end up in, you will find yourself living a life that you are proud of. And you will find yourself creating the life that you were meant to live, even if it looks different than the initial idea. And so that's the advice that I would I would give. Acknowledge it and then continue to move forward and then continue to, to be present in the pursuit of that greatness. Do you think there's a difference in legacy in your personal life and legacy in your business life? I think it depends on how you define a winning life. I think for some people, their personal legacy is more valuable than their professional legacy. And I think for others, it's vice versa. At the same time, I don't know when I think of my life, if that really matters. I think what matters is, did I live? Did I enjoy my life? Did I love? Did I do things that were for the greater good? And if I do that, my kids are going to go on. They're going to have great lives. The kids I don't have yet, but I will have someday, right? And the people that I've had a chance to work with or encounter, they're going to be able to share the best pieces of my message too. And I think that for me, it's not necessarily one or the other. And, and and I think that for some people, it's just about what do you define as success and where do you want to put your attention and your effort towards? That could be the biggest thing. You know, I know people that they don't even work. So for them, the professional legacy is irrelevant for them, but their personal legacy matters a hundred percent. And then I know people who, you know, work is everything to them and that's okay too. So they go for more of that professional legacy. And I, I don't think there's one right answer. I think it's figuring out what you desire to, to really do and, and who you want to really be. What's next for you in the next three to five years? Well, if I'm being fully honest here, I'm in a great relationship with my girlfriend right now. We just moved in together. So uh, I just turned 30. So that's a really exciting thing over the next three to five years to see where our relationship goes. And I have incredibly high hopes. So that's um, that's one of the biggest things in the next three to five years. And then um, from a from a business standpoint, it's to continue to to scale this business, help hundreds and hundreds of people bring their book to life, to know that they can, to share their message, and ultimately, the biggest thing of all is to just make sure I enjoy the ride as I pursue greatness. Well, you're a podcaster yourself, yep, but you also host a podcast called The Big Idea to Bestseller Podcast. So tell us a little bit about your show and where listeners can find it. Yeah, the my, my podcast is the Big Idea to Bestseller podcast. Uh, my book that just came out is called Big Idea to Bestseller. And you can listen to it on iTunes. You can grab the book. You can actually, you know what, we'll do this for all your listeners. If if anyone's interested and you want a free copy of my book, Big Idea to Bestseller, 
message me on Instagram or LinkedIn at Jake Kelfer and uh, let us know you listened and I'll send you a free copy of, of my book. Well, I will certainly do that, but I really appreciate your time. I see big things for you. I love your energy, your passion for what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Gary. I appreciate you and thank you for the great questions. If you've enjoyed today's podcast and want to learn more, visit us at southwesternlegacy.com. Shoot us an email via our easy contact form to find out how you can become an agent or how we can meet your needs for final expense coverage. You can find this and other episodes at letstalklegacypod.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Let's Talk Legacy is a presentation of the Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group, a member of Southwestern Family of Companies.